When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the main event. This is the main event. Mark's podcast brought to you by the W Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I am your first host, big long wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy. And with me as always, he is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia, and he is the macho man to my dragon. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? Lock it in. Lock it in, man. Go get my banana hammock, brother. Lord. <laughs> you remember when Hogan said that to Black Magic? Yes. <laughs> yes. I loved it. It's a real quote, folks. You know what a banana hammock is? <laughs> they should have just recreated that whole thing from Friends. That would have been awesome. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, we are officially into March, meaning that we are reviewing three WrestleManias this month. And I am extremely excited. I know Greg's excited because he's heading to Dallas uh, beginning of next month. And, and as we at the end of the month, actually, 29th, and as we speak, okay. I just bought the tickets and the plane and the hotel. Nice. All ago. You'll have to send me some uh, little video clips or pictures or something. I plan on getting, together. I'm getting the new S22 phone. And apparently, like, the camera is even better than the one I got, which is already pretty amazing. But, yeah, so uh, when you get that stuff together, uh, I'll definitely slap it together and put it up on YouTube for more content, brother. Or more content, pal. And it's uh, it's going to be a good time had by producer, all. Uh, producer extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to try. I'm 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 still working on getting some more content up for our YouTube now as as we speak. We did some uh, extra special marks on TVs and marks on movies. I'm still getting everything together. Uh, maybe by the posting of this, it'll probably already be up. So go check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to that. It's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. New stuff coming up all the time on there. I got a feeling but, a WWE 2K22 video is probably coming. Definitely. Yeah. And I know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pre-order it for sure. Uh, still working on that, but I know you're getting it. You already pre-ordered it. So you'll have some footage. It's literally on my Xbox as we speak. I just can't play it. That's awesome. <laughs> So, and if anybody else wants to let us know what you're thinking about WWE 2K22, please do. We'll have some content like that on our uh, social media and our YouTube and all that good stuff. So check that out. But this, we are doing the three WrestleManias this week in order. It is a five Wednesday month, meaning you get 
uh, six total podcasts, including the bonus show. So look forward to all that. The three WrestleManias we're covering in order are three X eight or 18, whatever. And 24 today. And TJ loves uh, numbers that are divisible by three. As you can tell. So there's that. Yeah, that's why <laughs> uh, this one. Well, this one took place. Uh, what am I thinking? 35 years in or yeah, 35 mm-hmm. years in the past. OK, I can't see. I, I'm not as bad at math as I thought I was, but. So there's that. And then WrestleMania X8. I've been waiting to cover this one because we covered X7 last year. This one was a damn good one as well. It is the first one, I guess. That, well, technically, this is the second one after WCW officially folded. But this one, WCW had been gone for a whole year. And then 24. Yeah, the last, uh, the last one they were gone for, what, a week? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and they hadn't finished. They hadn't even gotten a chance to piss on the corpse yet, Greg. But oh, many times over 24. However, that one is just uh, holds a lot of fond memories for me, like watching it with friends and the whole Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair thing. So a lot of people are hold that one in high regard. So excited to cover all three of these, plus the other shows we got coming up this month. WrestleMania three, you know, it's not the greatest show ever, not the greatest WrestleMania ever, but I still had fun watching it. And I no, guess but it does have one of the greatest matches ever. That's for sure. One of the greatest matches in all of WrestleMania history. It's on like every top 10 WrestleMania list Of course, we're talking about, talking about Hercules and Billy Jack Hayes, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, what else will we talk, be talking about? Although, I don't know. I, I had partial. a straight face when I got that up. I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know, man. I'm more partial to King Kong Bundy and his two little guys against Hillbilly Jim and his two little guys. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, you know, that's Eugene's favorite moment, Greg. Yeah, clearly. yeah. <laughs> Again, we'll get to it, but we've wasted enough time right now. We're going to take this time out to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by fanatics. Get all of your officially licensed sports gear with fanatics at fanatics.com. You can click on that link down in the podcast description. And when you go to check out, let them know that the main event marks and burns sent you also, we are sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big-brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks, all one word, to get 15% off your order. Also, follow us on our link tree. It is linktr.ee forward slash Main Event Marks. There you can see all the links to uh, wherever the podcast is live, and make sure that you go to our YouTube, like and subscribe, like all the videos there, subscribe to us. We are posting new content almost daily on our YouTube channel. We've really stepped it up with quality and uh, with quantity as well. So if you don't want to miss a moment of the main event marks, follow us there. We're also doing Marks on Movies, Marks on TV, and Marks on Games. So we are expanding, baby, all on YouTube. It's uh, reviews on various video games, reviews on movies and previews of movies, previews of shows and and, uh, reviews of shows as well. Check us out on YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Main Event Marks podcast. Also, listen to Burns live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. 
That is when you can hear our podcast live on tikilive.com forward slash channel forward slash Burns. Burns is a brand new Unhinged Sports Radio Network, and it stands for Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. We go live every single Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on tikilive.com forward slash channel forward slash Burns. That's Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on TIKILive.com forward slash channel forward slash B-U-R-N-S. But now that we're done with all of that, we're going to get into our first break. And on the other side of this, we're going to cover all the news and notes from March of 1987. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. 
And we're back. And we're back. News and notes time. WrestleMania's ticket sales continue to be impressive, sitting currently at 78,000 with two weeks left. This was about a week before the show, I think. Uh, If it does get to a sellout of 87,000 people, it will likely be a record for attendance that will be untouched by anything in the world for a long time. This, I think uh, the Pope actually got it after this. Yeah, but that was, wasn't it quite a ways after this? I don't know when, I couldn't tell you when, uh, but I do know I think the Pope beat this. Yeah, it's funny that wrestling is battling it out with the Pope for indoor (laughs) attendance records. Well, wrestling is a year or uh, every year, you know, I mean, think about it, not many people get to see the Pope. So it's, you know, it's kind of more, I got to go see this now. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not even Catholic and I would go just say I went. Just, well, judging by the age of the Pope, whenever they become Pope, it's like, yeah, this one ain't going to be around for a while. It's got to go see him now. I'm leaving that alone. <laughs> oh, I, I'm saying, I mean, like, I'm not Catholic either, but judging by everybody who I've seen be Pope, I assume you've got to be like, you know, uh, I don't know, counting down till uh, you're on death's doorstep to be qualified. It might as Pope. be designed that way. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, again, I not really Catholic. Know. I don't know the rules, but it might be designed to be an elder statesman. I don't know. Well, it used to be uh, that you had to die to leave the post as pope too. Now you can actually like retire. With that only happened with like uh, the last pope, I think, changed that. So that's new. Uh, but anyway, uh, that the attendance thing is because there's just not stadiums big enough to hold that uh, to many more people in the world. Closed circle. Crazy struggling. to think that where we are now, there are. <laughs> I know, like every place holds like a bazillion people. <laughs> Uh, Closed Circuit is struggling again, but Uncle Dave says that they'll still be grossing about $2 million at the live gate anyway, so that's not really a big deal. Also, pay-per-view is way up this year. On top of that, they're not wasting money on celebrities this year. And no surprise, cities in Ontario are all sold out for the Closed Circuit. I don't not know wasting why. money on celebrities, so, so Aretha Franklin is free? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm like, so she just did WrestleMania out of the kindness of her heart? I don't know if people know this, but that woman's kind of a big deal, especially back then. So, <laughs> right. And Bob Euchre was a big deal. I mean, right? he wasn't he wasn't charging Aretha Franklin prices, but the fact that he uh, showed up two years in a row clearly got him at a discount. Yeah, right. I he, and he had to have been a fan. I mean, and he clearly knew what he was talking about. He wasn't lost out there. So, but he's got an iconic moment in annals of wrestling history on this show. <laughs> right. Uh, that you still see to this day in packages. We'll get to it. Oh, it's his announcing of Andre the Giant that's, yeah, in every Andre the Giant package that's ever existed, ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think what he's referring to is if you remember WrestleMania 2 just had, like, every B-list and D-list celebrity you could possibly think of under the sun. Except for Ozzy Osbourne. He was, I mean, he was obviously an A-lister, but everybody else was, like, they have well, the... Sometimes you got to spend all the money on one thing, and like, oh, this will suffice for the rest. Yeah, right. <laughs> They had somebody from Major League Baseball that I don't you you had told me at the time who the hell it was. I, I had no idea. Uh, was a big deal manager back then, I guess. Yeah, and then Tommy they had. Florida, so. Oh, oh, OK. He was the manager yeah. of the Dodgers. I think he did something with them up until the day he passed away. Oh, OK. Yeah. See, I I'm not a big baseball guy, so I didn't know. And then they got the where's the beef lady from the Wendy's commercials and some weirdo from, I think, Burger King commercials in there too yeah, right. so i was like what the f- 
okay. Weird celebrity choices, but all right. Oh, and they had, uh, oh, what the hell is her name? Uh, Elvira. I forgot about her. Yeah, on commentary. So, Just, that yeah. made sense. <laughs> right. And I forget the lady that was that was commentating with Vince the whole night and just kept... It was Susan St. James, I think? Yeah. What was it you said? She said, wow, about everything. Uh, yeah, she said, right. wow. Yeah, well, I think she kept saying, wow, something like that. Then one of the announcers, um, every single time he saw somebody, he goes, whoa, how much do you think he weighs? <laughs> <Every Yeah. time. laughs> That's right. Uh, the other thing I laughed about the Susan St. James thing is she kept going on about how excited she was to see Hulk Hogan. Meanwhile, she was in Uniondale, New York, and Hulk Hogan was in L.A. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I thought Literally that was hilarious. Literally far ways you can get from one another on North America. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally coast to coast. <laughs> the That last line, though, where it said, uh, no surprise cities in Orlando are sold out for closed circuit, or not Orlando, Ontario. Uh, I'm going to assume Ontario is a big WWF market because I, I, think, I don't get, yeah. I don't get the pretense for that one. So I'm just yeah, going to say that was there, it. Is there a story in here about them blacking out with three for Pontiac? So they would all go. No, but I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I uh, always thought that was kind of dirty. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but yeah. Well, the other thing they said, uh, because of that traffic I mean, was think- so bad. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I think about people who can't go no matter what. Now they can't right. see it at all. It's kind of, like I said, dirty. Yeah. Well, and the other thing was uh, because of that, everybody was trying to get to the arena and traffic was so backed up. Aretha Franklin almost missed the show. Yeah. So the story I heard is she literally was taken from the bus straight to the, the, the piano at the podium. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Uh, but speaking of singers, pop star Samantha Fox was supposed to present the crown to the winner of the Harley Race Junkyard Dog match at WrestleMania. She canceled, though. It looks like dog is history after this match anyway. Hashtag plans changed. Dog stuck around until November of 19, 1998. Or, sorry, 88, not 98. Okay, I don't know who that is, by the way. Samantha Fox. I was going to ask you if you knew who the hell she was. I looked her up because <laughs> no I had seen Samantha Fox. Well, and I was like, clearly, okay. she's a, clearly she's a big deal. This is why she canceled, huh? <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, because I heard uh, I had seen a couple things about her canceling whatever, and I was like, who the hell is Samantha Fox? And I looked her up, and I'm like, okay, I can't name a single one of her songs. So, I don't... I mean, I'm not, like, you know, the measuring stick, but still, it's like, uh, all right. Uh, well, I, don't to... I don't know her. She doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, WWF's ratings are actually getting threatened by Glow, which is taking huge chunks out of them in major markets. That's yeah, because uh, that's competition. Yeah, that's not a story I thought I would ever say, but here we are. <laughs> Glow, by I the way, they, I think they would know, be fine. Yeah, right. For anybody that doesn't know, Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. That was, I mean, it's it's a Netflix show now, or was a Netflix show. I don't know if it's still around, but it was an actual like, I guess, an actual wrestling promotion back in the '80s with real female wrestlers. I believe that's where Ivory got her start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the Saturday night's main event with the Battle Royale finally aired on March 14th, and it ended up being a decent show thanks by thanks to editing. Andre is now wearing the Black Machines outfit full-time to hide his back brace. The show ended up drawing a 10.9 rating with a 30 share, which is gigantic. Damn. 10, 10.9 rating. Like what? That's 
oh my god i can't even fathom how many people that is watching that that's like everybody in america yeah pretty much i mean not everyone had a tv <laughs> yeah right that's like mash series finale numbers i don't even know if they pulled in that kind of no i think they rating. did i think they got like 80 million people watching that i think oh okay yeah i know it was a the I only think reason that I was, was i think that was still the most watched tv show in history right like finale oh, oh really i think so i know it was a huge deal because my my mother was in college at the time and she said that like all the professors canceled class that day so they could all be home to watch it it's like hmm no vcrs at the time eh no they had beta yeah right but yeah i didn't even think about that that you know because if everybody remembers Andre always wore trunks, the only time he wore the one strap, whatever was when he was, uh, was he the giant machine? Maybe super machine. Yeah. Well, cause there was super strong machine. And I think he was giant machine. There was a couple way, of things are horrible. Right. Of course. <laughs> uh, they all wore like matching masks and they all wore like one strap singlets. And I want to say he wore tights at the time here. Obviously he's not, but he's wearing the full, one one strap singlet and because of this match and this time period that's actually his most iconic outfit i want to say so, tell me the figure of the machine yeah they did i remember that i have an andre the giant in this outfit of like the uh mattel version i don't have any jacks of him i have this outfit and then i have him in his afro and the trunks he came with like the the vest with the tassels on it you know what i'm talking about I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I got two Andres now. This one is still in the box, by the way. M O C. These like next two. Just... <laughs> right. I uh, I, I got to hit my infamous. Here we go. <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> uh, yeah, vintage. This is one of those where got to comment on Dave, Uncle Dave here. Tom McGee is still doing dark matches for the WWF. Man ass McGee, man. Uh, but next to Hogan, right? That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, he's said to quote have a better body than Lex Luger. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah, uh, no thanks. And here, here we go. Although according to Uncle Dave, it depends on which part of the cycle he's on at that time. Classy. <sighs> For those that don't get the reference, he's talking about steroids because you can't, you don't just take them and take them and take them. You cycle in and out. Wow, man. I wonder if he knows for a reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, Greg. Those arms are naturally built on that dork who sits in his office all day. Dirty-ass office. <laughs> right, where he's buried up to his knees in papers. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, if anybody doesn't know who Tom McGee is, uh, he's the one everybody he's freaked a, out. He's got a great man-ass. Let's get that clear. Oh. And, uh, and a, just a big, frizzy head of hair. Uh, he became infamous a couple of years ago because there was a, a dark match he did with Bret Hart that apparently made Vince McMahon. You know, yeah, it made him uh, get get a half chub, and half, huh? turned out it turned out uh, the reason that Tom McGee looked so good was because he was in the ring with Bret Hart, and when you put Tom McGee in the ring with anybody else, he sucked. So there you go. Uh, credit to Bret Hart on making Tom McGee look so good. Right. But now we're going down south. Jim Crockett announced all of the teams for the Crockett Cup this year. It will be held without the cooperation of other promotions like last year. 
it's pretty much a giant field of jobbers once you get past the first 12 or so teams. The fabulous ones are scheduled to team up, quote, one last time before Kern retires. Yeah, how's that, gonna, how's that uh, retirement going to work out for him? It lasts for a day or two, right? <laughs> yeah. Steve Kern retires in 1987. Uh, sure. Uh, remind me, that's the um, uh, Skinner, right? Yep. Was there many, uh, five? Or no. When, when does he pop back up? He, he wrestles. He wrestles Owen in WrestleMania 8. Eight. Okay, that's it. I don't now know. In the archives, he... I think. Yes. Yep. WrestleMania eight. Now in the archives. That was uh, a damn good. Re- well, I don't want to say damn good WrestleMania. It was a good WrestleMania. <laughs> I'll put that out there. I don't know. I don't know if Kern stayed retired that long. To be honest with you, and I know he did I some stuff. I can't even tell Florida. you off the top of my head when the uh, Skinner pops up. I want to say maybe ninety one, maybe. So four that years long, later. Eh? Well, so maybe he did retire. I don't know. I know he did a lot of backstage stuff. He was the one, if anybody knows, he was the one that was running uh, Florida Championship Wrestling when WWE bought it. Uh, Ivan Koloff and Dick Murdoch won the U.S. Tag Team titles from Ron Garvin. The duo that is. (laughs) Right? Uh, They won the titles from Ron Garvin and Barry Windham on the March 14th TBS show. However, with Dick Murdoch going back to Japan, the titles will likely be defended by Uncle Ivan and Vladimir Petrov in a Freebird Rules type of deal. These are all real names? Yeah. Do you know who the hell Vladimir Petrov is? Not. I know who Ivan Koloff is. But the thing that makes... Obviously, the this was him in real life and not part of his gimmick, but if anybody doesn't know, Dick Murdoch was a card-carrying member of the KKK. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. First of all, when I say card carrying, I mean it. I didn't know they had business cards, but apparently they do. Cards, whatever the hell. It's like it's a racist library where nobody can read. <laughs> oh. what, what are them? Their words on a page. I, I don't like their color. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like such a weird freaking team of yeah, Dick Murdoch and the Russian. <laughs> And then apparently another Russian to stand in for Dick Murdoch when he goes to Japan. I just I'm trying to wrap my head around this Dick Murdoch KKK thing because I think he was in the World Rumble in 1984. So was this known? Was that? Uh, I don't I don't know if it came out all the way when he was alive. It might have. I don't think so. It was definitely known after his death. Um, because I, I want to say that. Uh, multiple people talked about it on their podcast, like people that would know, like Jim Ross and whatever. So I, I don't know for sure. But he was insane. Good I mean, I've never heard this before. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's it's weird with with uh, with that though because he was like best friends with Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty is definitely not racist. So I I don't get it. Kind of weird. Maybe he kept it a little hush hush. I don't know. Dick Murdoch was a weird dude, man. Like he, uh, he, he was sponsored or he was, uh, not sponsored by, he, he worked for Coors for a while, like trying, he would go into bars and try to get people to drink Coors Light or Coors, whatever. Why? Cause Bud, then, cause Bud might wouldn't pay him. I guess so. And then <laughs> what was he? I don't know if anyone gets was, that. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, the current WWE champion, <laughs> but there was, there was another thing. Oh, um, West Texas, you, uh, high school or whatever was a big or univer- West Texas University it was like a big 
football school that a lot of wrestlers went to. And he never attended college. He couldn't have, <laughs> but, you know, because he wasn't, uh, I don't even know if he graduated high school. But he somehow got lumped in with them, and they never, like, checked the records, and he played in their alumni game. Yeah. I was like... There's all kinds of stuff wrong with that. I know. It's like, you don't even know that he didn't graduate from your school. You're just like, oh, he's from West Texas, and he's friends with all the West big Texas old, guys. He's a big old Hoss white guy, man. He's, you know, he's our <laughs> defensive end. Yeah, right. Ah, whatever. Uh, Crockett still can't draw in Memphis. They sent Jimmy Valiant and the Rock and Roll Express to headline. Luscious. and all. Is that right? Yeah. Is that Luscious Jimmy Valiant? Uh, sure it is. Was, and who is, because there is, uh, who was the one that was handsome? It was Jimmy and. Johnny, was it Johnny Valentine? Uh, Johnny, Johnny Valiant? Yeah, it was. Johnny Valiant, yeah. It was ha- handsome, han- uh, no, it was Handsome Jimmy and Luscious Johnny. That was it. Yeah. Handsome Harley that, Race, too. Yeah, right. I was like. Uh, there, there was some promo that, that Jimmy Valiant gave one time. He's like, you know why he's luscious and I'm handsome? Because I'm handsome and he's luscious. I was like, okay. Take that, Midnight uh, Express. Yeah, right. But I guess uh, between Jimmy Valiant and the Rock and Roll Express headlining, they only got 2,500 people to show up. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, quite the crowd. But uh, from Florida, Jim Crockett will be bringing in the new breed, Chris Champion and Sean Royal. To the main roster, uh, I'm gonna pause there real quick. I know who Chris Champion is. Do you know who the hell Sean Royal is? Uh, not top of my head, unless he's somebody else. Yeah. No clue. I like I said, I know, I know Chris Champion. I mean, you know him, right? The Karate Dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, aka I, the I inspiration of all ego, Ethan Page. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, Sean Royal was trained by Hiro Matsuda, which I think wasn't he the guy that trained Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, uh, 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 Ron Simmons, yeah, quite a few people. A ton of, yeah, a ton of people. But yeah, so and I think he trained Lex Luger, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, that was for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. But I have no idea who the hell Sean Royal is. I'm not seeing anything on his page, like his his Wikipedia page, that would spark anything in my brain. Well, then he he's for, literally nobody, probably. And I hope he yeah. passed away. Is he? I think this no, mistake last week. I'm not trying to laugh at anybody who passed away. But. No, he's he's 61. <laughs> he's okay. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, because he worked for, J, uh, for Jim Crockett from 87 to 88. And then he went to New Japan uh, in 93. And then he retired, I guess. And he popped up in NWA Wildside in 2001 to 2002. Oh, that's where AJ Styles is going to start. Yeah. Uh, I think that became NWA Hollywood now. But. Yeah, so nobody you and I would know. Either way, uh, but they were brought into the main roster from Florida because Crockett bought Florida. However, pretty much everyone else, including Bad News Allen, is fired. Uh, Anyone remaining, like Scott Hall, is now a Crockett employee and cannot work indie shows any longer. That's crazy, Scott Hall. (laughs) Yeah, back in 1987, man. This is even pre-Diamond Stud. This is pre-Gator Hall. Remember yeah, right. when he tried that with him? Yeah. I think that was in 89, I want to say. I, wanted, I think his, the vignettes were on the clashes we watched in 89. Yikes. Anyway, in Memphis, Uncle Dave notes that this new guy playing Lord Humongous is not actually Mike Stark or Jeff Van Camp. It's some other rookie who he says is really bad. That rookie turns out to be Sid Vicious. 
He never so, liked Sid, did he? Nope. He hated Sid from the moment he stepped foot in the ring. <laughs> I mean, he was not exactly Kurt Angle or anything, but I don't see what was wrong with him. Nope. Well, I, you know, Jim Cornette even has to get, he was like, well, you got to push him because he's like, who the hell looks like that? <laughs> and he's fit the bill. He was like, tired people when they say that, because like he's like the worst wrestler. I mean, shut the hell up. It's been far worse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he has never put on a match that made me go, man, that was, you know, that was well worth a watch, but he was super over. He had a great look. Yeah. His it. promo. Yeah, his promos weren't like Ultimate Warrior bad, but they weren't great. However, they were like they fit. They fit his character. Delivery was sure. the key. Yeah, I mean, sure, he had some you know lovely. He's got half the brain things. you do. Yeah, some memory things or some lovely things to remember him by, like what you just said, and then the whole you know he's in a live interview and he's like, "Well, let's start over," and they're like, uh, "It's live, pal," or "We're live, pal." Which is still used to this day. <laughs> yep. How do you just forget that, man? <laughs> just That's worse. Show you how many damn free tapes he did. <laughs> That's worse than because this one wasn't Mean Gene's fault. This was whoever was loading the tapes. But remember when he like that sign fell behind him and he started cussing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Put that cigarette out. Yeah, that was a, that was a funny one. Everybody still quotes him on that one. Uncle Dave claims that Tommy Rich has been fantastic as a heel in the main events. He's been putting on four-star matches as a team with Austin Idol against Jerry Lawler and Bam Bam Bigelow. Tommy Rich and five-star matches aren't two things that I would ever put together. It's Tommy Wildfire, Rich. Can you please get that right? Somebody say something about fired up. <laughs> I don't know why that's the... the did, did he say that a lot? I, I try not to watch a lot of Tommy Rich stuff, so... That's just always the thing that people say about him. Like that's that's Bruce Pritchard's first thing. Somebody say something about fired up. Like, okay. Like I said, I try to avoid Tommy Rich stuff because every match of his I've watched. You and I have reviewed a few of his matches on this podcast. Yeah, too many for he, my liking. But yes, he's one of them that I throw in that category with David Otunga. He doesn't suck. Like in the ring, he's not bad. He's just boring. Like. He will put you to sleep. So I, I don't know. But you can't say he's bad because he's not technically doing anything wrong. He's just not exciting. This guy was an NWA champion, by the way. I just got to point that out. Uh, a couple What's more that stories here. That's right. A couple more stories here to close this out. Uh, in the UWF, Bill Watts has stepped aside from day-to-day -day operations. He's left Eddie Gilbert to book while Jim Ross does the business end. Meanwhile, Eddie Gilbert. Yes, I, I know. You got to throw that in there. Just to remind me. Tough stuff, he, dude. Wasn't he the king for a while? I know he carried he around was, a crown. My knowledge, but... I know he carried around a crown for a while and he was doing some king gimmick. I don't know. Why. I think he was feuding with Jerry Lawler, maybe. I, I don't know. I Either only way, know uh, WCW and the NWA, honestly, so I couldn't even tell you. He was in those Heroes of Wrestling video games. Right, yeah. Or Legends of Wrestling, excuse me. Not Heroes. Heroes of Wrestling was a horrible pay-per-view. Oh, it was great. Meanwhile, Bill's son Eric is going to start in the fall as a quarterback oh, prospect. As a quarterback prospect at the University of Louisville. No oh, team 2000 for the win. And he was Troy. Gotta yeah, point well, that out, man. You be proud of your brethren. Yep. He was um he, for anybody that doesn't know, the University of Louisville. 
for anybody that does not live in the Kentucky, uh, like tri-state area, whatever, it's Louisville. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, probably pronounced Louisville by anybody outside of this area. So just so you know. So he went from where the hell is he? Oklahoma. He went from Oklahoma to Kentucky. Cool. It's like, you know, I want to be more white. That might I say be, that? <laughs> I don't know, that might be slightly less white. Oh, I don't just, know. I don't know. It's because, I mean, you're going from Boomer Sooner to, uh, you know, I don't even know if they have a saying in Kentucky other than Kentucky. Oh, uh, it's better than Roll Tide, right? Anything is better than that. <laughs> even Speaking go of, uh, well, okay, except for that, I stand corrected. Speaking of the cowboy, Bill Watts is actually Bill Watts actually set off fireworks in St. Louis as he went to the media. They didn't say that they're being figurative in the story, by the way. And Bill Watts is a crazy person, so I'm assuming he set off fireworks for this. I don't know. But anyway, he went to the media because he's accused the Keel Auditorium of restraint of trade and basically shutting him out of the city unlawfully. Oh, well, well I, I guess so. He... he Suit him. I'm. I'm gonna assume... like these stories I've never heard of before. <laughs> right. I'm gonna assume this was during the time where Vince was trying to expand, and he locked down the Keel Auditorium because you know he wanted to. And when you sign an agreement with a with a uh, an arena, which is why AEW can't run any of the arenas WWE does, because they have I don't remember what it's called, but basically they they call the WWE. It's like, hey, we have this show booked here. Uh, where you have the option to book around this time and shut them out. How does that so work I'm gonna, with Connecticut? So he's like, AEW was in Connecticut the other night. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I well they can book. I think that's why they book like the other arenas in town. You know. Plus, I mean, I like AEW and all, but there are quite a few markets they're not selling out the joint, and they don't need to be wasting money on a big arena that they can't fill. That would just be dumb. Uh, but the Keel Auditorium, I think Bruce Pritchard was saying that was one of the arenas that did not draw for them for like a long time because that's a classic NWA stomping territory or stomping around, whatever. And they just couldn't draw, but they, they tried and tried and tried, and finally they broke through. So I want to say it was during the Attitude Era when that turned around for them. Where is this? Let's see. Um... Oh, St. Louis. Uh, so Missouri. Yeah, St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, so smack dab in the center of the country, I think. But yeah, they yeah have, that was uh, Harley Race territory this time, right? Right, yeah. So they were used to the old school NWA wrestling, and WWF was not it. So, and it was that way in quite a few areas that, I mean, WWE doesn't, you know, talk about that a whole lot but bruce pritchard's talked about that on his podcast where it's like yeah it was hard to break into certain areas because they wanted their southern wrestling and wwf wasn't bringing that but after a while uh either the territories got used to it or they still don't draw to this day so it just depends final story i got here uh in world champ world class championship wrestling uncle dave rips the lid off a of kayfabe he reveals that red river jack is in fact Bruiser Brody in a mask. Oh. Who would have thought? Good Lord. 
I like how he feels a need to tell everybody this. Like, yeah, that wasn't part of the whole gimmick. Like, duh. For anybody that doesn't know, that was one of them old territory things where it's like, okay, that's uh, you're obviously so-and-so under a mask after you lost a loser leaves town mask. It's like, what? Me? No, I'm not that person. Did he also reveal to everybody in 2003 that Hulk Hogan was uh, Mr. America, too? Was it him? I think he spoiled it because it was, uh, you know, how it was taped on Tuesdays, and that's where SmackDown was taped on Tuesdays, and that's when it was revealed. So, because I remember uh, a friend of mine, I don't know if it it wasn't out of the Observer, it was just online, but a friend of mine printed out a picture and brought it to school and showed it to me and kind of ruined it for me. I feel like I knew it was him the whole time. Well, I mean, I knew it was Hulk Hogan, but I didn't I, I didn't know because they kept building up Mr. America. No, I know. I feel like I, when I saw the vignettes, I knew it was him. Oh, OK. It just made too well, much keep, sense. I was like 12, 13, something like that. So I was thinking I was like, maybe it's like Luger coming back. I don't know. I honestly had no idea. But yeah, it's like the uh, now in the archives, I can't remember what show it was. We were covering from WCW in the 90s where Brian Pillman was the yellow dog. <laughs> Oh, it was like in the early 92? Was it, was it Halloween Havoc, I think? Yeah, probably. Most likely. And uh, he, he wore the yellow dog mask and yellow trunks and Lately came obvious. out to Brian Pillman's music. Yeah. It's that old kind of gimmick. So I like the, the, like I said, I love the fact that Uncle Dave is like, well, I have to reveal this to everybody in case they don't know. Like, thanks, Dave. So he's been a dick to everybody, huh? Not just WWE back then. Okay. Yeah, no, that's why, that's why everybody hates him. So. Well, everybody that he doesn't, you know, praise in his newsletters hates him. So just the three guys. Right. And if you don't know who the three guys are, well, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, One of them may or may not be a 16-time World's Heavyweight Champion. So, you know, there's that. But anyway, (laughs) we're going to take our uh, next break. When we come back, we're diving into our first WrestleMania of the year. It's WrestleMania 3 right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at Rush Truck Centers Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. WWF WrestleMania 3 took place on March 29th, 1987. The tagline, bigger, better, batter. It was actually. Which, by the way, in, in seeing that, when I watched this back, like, oh, that was the tagline to the original NES WWF WrestleMania game. I didn't realize oh, it was like, a play on this. Yeah. It opens with oh, those three words. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, you know, WrestleMania 38, man, it, it's going to hit different. <laughs> That's the video game, fool. Yeah, I know, but they're like sponsoring WrestleMania this year, so. But yeah, this one, I mean, it's better. Uh, Batter, I don't know, that's up for interpretation. Uh, Bigger, (laughs) I don't know, that one. Uh, Okay, between this and the other two prior, this is definitely the best one, so. Batter, they're using it in a positive tense. Right, yeah. This, and I gotta say this, not to spoil anything here, but I don't think anybody cares. Uh, Uncle Dave said he thought Russell. Come on, what the hell? Right. Uh, Uncle Dave said he thought that WrestleMania 2 had better matches. I'm like, get what? the hell out of here. Yeah, it's like, no. I had to, I have subjected myself to WrestleMania 2 multiple times. I know and, why. And it sucked. Okay. It just, it was an abomination. It blew. The only good match on that card was a tag title match. And maybe, maybe the Hogan Bundy cage match. That was watchable. Everything else sucked. But the venue for this was the Pontiac Silverdome, brother, in Pontiac, Michigan. The attendance was no longer there. Rest in peace to that arena. Oh, I know. It's sad. The attendance was a reported (laughs) 93,173. What was it really? Yeah. Well, they had to put in parentheses, they put contested. So I an idiot with a dirty office from San Jose. <laughs> well, there were a lot of people that, that said, uh, well, that couldn't have possibly been the number because like you can't fit that many people into that venue. So I, I don't know. Can you put the floor seats down. I think you can. Yeah. Well, cause originally I guess they were selling 87,000 tickets and it's like, so they sold an extra 6,000. I don't know. They had to, or yeah, 6,000. Well, they could have been counting janitors and stuff too. <laughs> right. They well, yeah, well, say, if you go back and watch, it clearly says indoor attendance. It does not say sold tickets. So, I mean, yeah. there is that. Right. They could have been counting the wrestlers and uh, I mean, even, you know, the referees. And, and we'll probably get to this part, maybe. But uh, even when they announced the number in the show, Jesse Ventura flat out says, hey, do they count us? We had two more yeah. on there. So, yeah, right. I mean, you know. Well, I don't know. Maybe, one... maybe they didn't play that. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just flat out say yeah, it. Right. They did. And you don't have proof. It's kind of pathetic. Uh, yeah, no, well, it's, just, 
It's well, it's the same exact thing the last time WWE was in Jerry's World. Same exact thing. So now that thing can be a hundred thousand people. So right, it'll be that one. Yeah, well, according to Uncle Dave, you know, some guy told me, well, you know, actually, they told me that it was really more like a uh, But the preacher says, was he there? Was he at the door taking attendance? Yeah, did he stand there with a <laughs> clicker like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but the pay-per-view buy rate for this was effing gigantic. It was 8.0 for 400,000 buys. Good. 4,000 buys back then, I would assume, would equate to, like, say, a Canelo fight nowadays. Right. So yeah, this was, and for four hundred thousand buys, it's an eight point oh for anybody out there because I I think it's isn't that just how many people can get pay per view not like it is today. Um, I think, but there yeah. were so many ways of getting it back then too. Like, I mean, you had that box, you had to go rent a box or right. Yeah, I was I, I was about to. And this also not forget if, this was shown in theaters and all over the place on closed circuit, so more people watched right. it. Than that number says. But, right, yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't count the closed circuit people. Right. But, but I mean, for uh, buys, I mean, I'm sure the closed circuit's included in the buys, like, but that's only one for like 100 people to watch. So it's, you know, it's, again, well, you, it's kind of. Yeah. Deceptive. Well, you think about the 400,000 buys, and like you were pointing out, like, if, if you were watching pay per view in 1987, you had to be dedicated to go to the cable place, whatever pick up this box you you rent this box you bring it home you hook it up you buy the pay-per-view you watch it and then you got to take the box back it wasn't like today where you pull up the pay-per-view channel and you hit buy and boom like it's you had to be dedicated and four hundred thousand people were that dedicated to, to watch this thing so that's pretty cool it also goes to show you that how much people don't really realize how big andre the giant was back then i mean that in a couple of ways right but um yeah, andre and hulk man yeah obviously yeah. hulk it's like they don't, they yeah. don't think about Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. He made this thing. And we'll talk about that more at the end, too. Uh, I've got a few notes from Dave on, you know, just how huge this damn thing was. Uh, but we start with Vince McMahon in the ring welcoming us to the show. He then introduces Aretha Franklin to perform America the Beautiful. Uh, Bruce Pritchard was asked about this on something to wrestle about why does he, you know, why do, why do they sing America the Beautiful and not the national anthem? And he said it's just Vince likes America the Beautiful better. I don't know. I mean, well, we got Ray Charles to do it one year, and like, you literally don't get any better than that. So it's never yeah. going to be topped. And Aretha Franklin, just one of the greatest, you know, singers and oh, yeah. you know most famous singers of all time, especially in the '80s. I mean, she's huge. Hey, she was in the Blues Brothers too, man. Well, there you go. <laughs> and we all know that was the best Blues Brothers. Or excuse me, Blues Brothers 2000. Ugh. Uh, anyway, it wasn't that after- bad. No, it, it just the original just like set such a benchmark. It's just not fair. Yeah, that's right. how I look at it. Well, and John Belushi was dead, so that kind of puts a damper on it. His brother's good, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like Jim. But after this, we head on over to Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura. They're standing by with Mary Hart from Entertainment Tonight. I had to look that up because I didn't know who the hell this woman was. Um, and yeah, that that's a, that was a pretty big get from my understanding back then. Because yeah, Entertainment Tonight I mean, was in every household, so that's a she's a big name. Yeah, and her, I mean nowadays it's it's still out there, but it's not as big. You know, when I was old enough to know what the hell it was, you know. But yeah, Entertainment Tonight was a big deal for a lot of people for a long, long time. So yeah, to your point, yeah, big get. And another big get was this guy right here. They had Mister Baseball, Bob Euchre. He, for anybody that doesn't know, he was a an MLB broadcaster and uh, former uh, player, right? 
Yes, and I don't know if people realize this, but the name Mr. Baseball is a, uh, it's kind of an ironic joke. He sucked. <laughs> really? I think his batting average is like 120 or so. Or I was gonna. I was assuming they called him Mr. Baseball because he was knowledgeable and a good. I, that might I don't be know. it too, but I think it's ironic play on his horrible <laughs> career. But yeah, it's a little bit of both there. Well, like, those no, guys, not, no, like, not in the same vein because like Tony Romo wasn't that bad, but like he found his niche with announcing clearly. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, I mean, uh, it's he's he's no Mister Three Thousand like Bernie Mac. Okay. Oh hell no! Nobody is. <laughs> right. Uh, but they prime us for the event before we go to the ring with Howard Finkel. And now we get our first match of the night. It's the Can-Am Connection, Rick Martell and Tom Zink, the Z-Man. They're taking on the magnificent Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton with Mr. Fuji. My God, this team. Uh, I, this one, I didn't get it. I'm looking at it still. I'm like, why was this a team? Yeah. And why was Mr. Well, I guess Mr. Fuji was with Morocco, wasn't he? Yes. I, I, but okay. So weird. Yeah, the the Orton thing I don't get. I, I don't think he was a Bob Orton uh manager. So I don't know. Anyway, this went about five and a half minutes. In the end, Zink gets on all fours behind Morocco. Martel goes to cross body block Morocco, and that assures that uh Morocco falls and gets pinned. The Can-Am connection wins. Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I give it an even two. It was the what say you? I gave it two. It was decent. It didn't suck. It just wasn't like why would in the grand scheme of things. Stuff? I'm like, why is this on here? Right. Yeah. It's just a quick opener with guys we kind of know. Z man would be you, gone right after this. So. Yeah, and he'd be a WCW mainstay for like ever. <laughs> yeah, he would actually have the honor of jobbing out to uh, Big Van Vader and Vader's debut in NWA. Oh, that was that? an honor or a. Uh, punishment. It's got to be you, boy. Come on, pretty boy. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like go off of like what rumors and stuff. What everyone said. Apparently, he was not liked, and he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, I heard, yeah. I heard quite a few people say he was. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people were like, and I've heard they were like, well, he wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. But he thought he was better than what he was, and he let everybody know it, so nobody cared for him. So, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think I I can't remember if I liked him around WCW. I probably did because he just looked like somebody young me would have liked. The fact uh, that his nickname was the Z-Man just I was uh, like, OK. Well, I, I don't know if this is the reason, but he kind of fit with Flying Brian. Just Flying Brian, the Z-Man. It just it, it kind of does roll off the tongue. I don't know if that was it, though, because they were a team. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just always thought it was a dumb name, but. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's on his way out of WWE right after this, too. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the Can-Am connection isn't going to last, man. Come on. Oh, we're about to get uh, Strike Force, right? Yeah, which was renamed. It was originally going to be Border Patrol, and then they decided, mm, maybe not. <laughs> Border Patrol. And that was from Bruce Pritchard himself. He said that, so I believe it. Border Patrol. It sounds like a horrible heel group in there that was going to feud with the Truth Commission. Yeah, or I think it's, it's one of them, like, uh, oh, we had a lot of weird teams around this time, so I don't know. But anyway, we see a video recap now of Bobby Brain Heenan challenging Billy Jack Haynes to Hercules' full Nelson contest. Billy Jack doesn't trust Heenan and shoves him. This leads to Hercules clotheslining him from behind with a chain wrapped around his arm before locking in the full Nelson. 
Um, oh, man. Bobby Heenan's known for some great one-liners. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amazing ones. Yeah. And they clearly hadn't caught on yet in his brain. No pun intended. Because his his whole thing here was Billy Jerk Haynes. Like you yeah. couldn't do anything better than that. You could have made a Haynes underwear joke or something. Clearly, he was trying to find his way still. He would. Yeah. Obviously, be one of the greats. Yeah, I mean, he he was still, I don't know. This one, was just, he was probably like, why do I care? You know, why am I going to waste some good stuff on this? <laughs> we now go back with I'm, me, Gene. I mean, it's messed up. You're probably not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> why don't we, we now, stuff on this? <laughs> it's freaking Billy Jack Haynes. Who the hell cares? Well, you know, he's over in Portland, Greg. Well, so is Piper. Yeah, right. We now go back with Mean Gene Overland's dig by uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Hercules. Hercules! Hercules! <laughs> but Herc talks Not like quite he's Hercules the, Hernandez yet, but yes. Right. Herc talks like he's the actual Hercules from Greek mythology, talking about pulling the pillars down and whatever. I'm like... Because Hercules okay. was a pretty buff Mexican dude, so yeah. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> Uh, but he says, tonight, we're going to find out who the true master of the full Nelson is. I was waiting with bated breath, personally. Uh, I mean, I, I, I wasn't, because I knew that, that the true master wasn't born until years later, Chris Masters, but, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, well, and then Heenan tells Okerlund it's Billy Jerk Haynes. He makes sure to get that in, like, three or four times during this. Like I said, he's not quite the brain yet. He would get now a million go. times better. <laughs> right. We now go to this match. It's Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules with Bobby the Brain Heenan in his corner. It's went for seven minutes, 44 seconds. These two big bulls battle it out for a while with power moves. Finally, Billy Jack locks in the full Nelson on her and Hercules drags him out of the ring. This leads to a double count out as Heenan runs up and smacks Hayes or Haynes before running away. Uncle Dave gave this two and three quarters of a star. I gave it one and a half. What say you? I gave it one. This thing sucked. I thought it was watchable and it didn't, it wasn't like complete garbage, but yeah, one and a half. It's not even average, but two and three quarters of a star, man. Well, they had both Yikes. bodies. You know? God dang it. Look at them. Big meaty men smacking meat. Good Lord. <laughs> After the match, Haynes chases Heenan around the ring. Hercules then wraps the chain around his arm and bashes Billy Jack in the head. Best Haynes, part of the gets, right? Haynes gets up again and gets punched with the chain. Hercules punches him again, and we see Haynes is bleeding. Hercules punches him again, and the blood is flowing now. Finally, Hercules locks in the full Nelson before throwing Billy Jack aside. You know what this means, Greg? We're getting another one of these damn things. As we should. We've been good. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. The next one is a big meaty man smacking meat match. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Vince McMahon likes big sweaty man. Anyway, uh, we're now in the back again with me, Gene Okerlund, standing by with the human potato King Kong Bundy and two little people. Uh, and that's says, epic neck. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I said he's, he's Mr. Potato Head, man. He's just he's shaped like a freaking potato. At he, he he always shaved his eyebrows. I never understood that. Like, you don't want us to know your expression? I was going to say, I think he doesn't want people to know what he's, like, thinking or, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's like, that has to do with shaving your eyebrows. So just, you know what I mean, though. I think you said expression, but yeah, that. Oh, 
that always reminded me of uh do you know that comedian john panette it's passed away yeah yeah uh, he he always talked about he he was in the broadway uh the, the broadway show of hairspray and he played um if anybody saw the woman john travolta played the mom and that was john panette's character in the broadway play and so they would paint on his eyebrows so he had to shave his eyebrows all the time and he said he would get weird looks at hotels from from kids or whatever he's like i can only think they're like well, if he has cancer, he's keeping up his appetite. God bless him. Good Lord. <laughs> That's all I could think of here. Anyway, uh, Bundy says that he's going to squash Hillbilly Jim and, quote, the two other midgets. This now, was that a they... tongue-in-cheek reference? I'm going to squash him? I just, <sighs> I, that's what I wrote down here. Oh, why. God. <laughs> well, maybe, well, since he's a human potato, maybe he's going to mash him. I don't know. That is the best kind of potato. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. And by the way, don't uh, for, for saying midgets. That's what they yes. were called. After the entrance of Bundy and his two partners, we head to the back to Mean Gene Okerlund again. He's standing by with Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver, and the Haiti Kid. Jim says that he's not worried about himself, but he's worried about his, quote, two little buddies. He assures, or he assures them that he'll do whatever he can to protect them, though. And this just reminds me that Haiti Kid got on two WrestleManias in a row. Good for yeah. him, I guess. And he got a free haircut on TV, too. Dude. That. Yeah, right? That's good for him. Making that dough. Uh, I'm going to repeat Peter Dinklage out of this. <laughs> I wonder if he got paid half. No? That guy's such an ass. <laughs> Don't say. This is uh, King Kong Bundy, Little Tokyo, and Lord Littlebrook versus Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver, and the Haiti Kid. Now, see, some of those names, that's the part I'm like, wow, that's a bit much. Um, yeah. Lord uh, Littlebrook, Little Tokyo, and Little Beaver. I don't think I would have said all those names. I, mean, I would have used all those names, but... Hey, back you know. then, that's what they did. I don't know. But this one went about three and a half minutes. Yay. Way too long. Hillbilly Jim's theme is dubbed over, but you can still kind of hear it, like, yeah, leading through. Like, first, first of all, they did that at the Hall of Fame we went, remember? Unfortunately, uh, yeah. And second, that was such an iconic theme, man. You should have bought that. Yeah, I know, right? I, I'm going to assume Jimmy Hart owns it. I could be wrong, but... I feel like everything that ever been dubbed over is something that they like Jim Johnson didn't make. Right, yeah. Well, you know... Or uh, something they did not write by, like NWO song or the Hardy Boys theme. Yeah, was, right. Well, you know, uh, little do does everybody know, but, you know, uh, legend has it that to this day, uh, you know, Hillbilly Jim's still giving his acceptance speech. There's so <laughs> that. Anyway. Dude, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers actually said that very thing on the pod this week. He's <laughs> like, and it's like, by the time, I forget what figure they're like, oh, they're talking about their own figures. Like, by the time these actually come out, Hillbilly Jim will still be giving his induction uh, speech. Just like Curtis Axel never got eliminated from the, uh, the Royal Rumble. So there you right. go. Dude, match. I love that he held on to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's that was awesome. Topic. Curtis, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Axelmania, that was it. Axelmania's running wild. Yep, and we're going to go to Axtreme Rules. Wow. But uh, Bob Uecker is on commentary for this one and is clearly having fun with the name Little Beaver. Yes. <laughs> he kept, oh, there's Beaver all over that ring. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. The match ends when Bundy gets disqualified for body slamming a little beaver and then elbow dropping him. Uh, you're not allowed. The, the 
I'm trying to think of a sensitive way to say this. The large guys cannot uh, beat up on the little guys and vice versa, I guess. So that's why it was a DQ. Yeah, because vice versa made sense. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, But Uncle Dave said, quote, not bad for what it was, but two of the midgets are already eligible for Social Security. That's not even a joke. What the hell? He's uh, he he made he said that's not a joke. I mean, these two of these guys were fairly old. So uh, he and I both gave it a star, by the way. What say you? I gave it a star. Yeah, I couldn't imagine you would give it anything bigger than that. Wasn't little Tokyo on that um, UWF show we reviewed? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Now in the archives, Uh, UWF Blackjack Brawl. The Blackjack Brawl. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But all three other little guys team up to go against Bundy. Hillbilly Jim then joins them, and Bundy hightails it out of there. This could have got real bad real quick. <laughs> and this, and if anybody in would... what way? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, what, what WrestleMania was that that, that Eugene was on? Was it 21? 21, yes. Yeah, where he's like, uh, where the good midgets and the bad midgets teamed up to go against Bundy? I'm like, what the? God, man. Uh, it, it's, uh, man, when you really think about that moment, it's so much worse than it actually comes off. Because they have him being uh, the handicapped guy and then talking about that. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, we now go backstage with Mary Hart standing by with Miss Elizabeth. Hart asks Elizabeth if she's worried about tonight. However, before she can even speak, Macho Man comes into frame and cuts her off. He tells Hart that he'll answer any questions she has. But Hart says that she really wanted to talk to Elizabeth. Uh, Savage gets offended and tells Elizabeth to get out of there with him. And they leave. We now get some recap footage. King Harley Race and Bobby the Brain Heenan have been trying to get get the uh, junkyard dog to bow for Race. This because, uh, was before going back to Mean Gene Okerlund. He's now standing by with Bobby Heenan. Harley Race, and the fabulous Moolah. They say that after Race wins tonight, there will be another coronation where Moolah will crown Harley again. Bob Euchre goes nuts, saying that he's going to go get with Moolah. <laughs> he then takes off. Oh, good yeah, Everybody's Lord. got was... their flavors, man. Whatever. Yeah, right? Good judge. Ah, but after the entrance of Race to what would become Jerry Lawler's theme eventually, we now go back to Mean Gene Okerlund and the Junkyard Dog. Dog says that Race has been on his throne for too long, and he says he needs to move over and let JYD sit there. Okay, then. Just got that figure, by the way, from the cement. JYD? Yeah, it comes with a crown and chain. Ah, Nice. That's pretty sweet. We now go to the King Harley Race with Bobby Heenan and Fabulous Moolah in his corner, taking on the Junkyard Dog in a Loser Must Bow match. This one went about four and a half minutes. How many of these have we seen in wrestling history? <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, so if the black guy loses, he has to bow to the southern white guy. Mm-hmm. Got some uh, bad implications there. <laughs> but when it looked like JYD was rolling, Heenan gets on the apron and distracts him. Race hits JYD with a belly to belly and pins the dog. This one sucked. Uh, Uncle Dave said... Give Harley Race credit for giving at least some or getting at least something out of the second worst wrestler in the world. Oh, go to hell. Yeah. Uh, he and I both gave it a star. I'll say you. I mean, this match sucked. Yeah, but 
I gave it one star too, but worst wrestler? Come on, dude. Hey, second worst wrestler, okay? So, you know, I want to know who the first worst is. <laughs> That's my question. But, yeah, so he, he also called him the junk food dog at this time because he put on some weight, but... Oh, man, heaven forbid. Yeah. Well, on Jim Ross's podcast, Grill and Gerard, he always says that he was called the junk food dog uh, in the backstage area because he would hang around JYD and he'd go get him candy and stuff and sit around and eat candy with him. So, I've always heard he was like the most lovable dude in the world. Yeah, I, heard he was, yeah, I heard he was a good guy, but everybody said he just couldn't keep clean, unfortunately. But Ray sits down on a chair as JYD does a Japanese-style bow. He doesn't really, you know, get all the way down, whatever. Ray stands up and celebrates as Dog grabs a folding chair and bashes him in the face with it. Junkyard Dog then puts on Ray's cloak and takes off in the gondola. You know, like a real baby uh, face attack. Well, from behind. Hold on here, like, oh, so Junkyard Dog is the face out here, right? Okay. Um, oh, of course. Cool. Well, he went to the Hulk Hogan school of being a baby face. <laughs> We see a couple of those happen here, by the way. We now go backstage with Vince McMahon standing by with big sweaty man Hulk Hogan. Hogan says that people are telling him that this is his last ride. He doesn't believe it, and he says Andre needs to face the truth, brother. The truth is apparently taking your vitamins, saying your prayers, and training hard. Tonight, Hogan says that he will make Andre face the truth. Ooh. Ooh. And after the introduction of the Rougeau brothers, we go backstage with Mean Gene Okerlund. He's Before they're by. all American boys, by the way. Yes, yeah, there's still actually baby faces here, I guess. But Mean Gene's standing by with the Dream Team, Johnny V, and Dino Bravo, who I guess was making his debut. Uh, Johnny Please V saw him says... Favorite. Yeah, right. Uh, Johnny V says that uh, Bravo is in the corner of the Dream Team for insurance and consulting, uh, Bravo and Johnny then speak in French-Canadian, which is not real French. Well, we now move on to the Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Ramon Rougeau, versus the dream team of Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine with luscious Jimmy Valiant and Dino Bravo. This one, one of my notes I put, because when I think of a dream team, man, I think of Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine. Oh, of course. Man, those yeah. are the two I want together. Beefer and the Hammer, man. The, they should have called themselves Beef Hammer. <laughs> hammer Beef. Oh man, I st- I still say Beef Beef Hammer. It's like that's a that's a good one. I. By the way, didn't you hate this robe of Greg Valentine? It's got the flexing arm on the back. Yeah, it was kind of lean. Yeah, well, Jesse Ventura loses his mind over it, talking about how beautiful it is. Uh, I have a Jack's figure of that, by the way. But this one went this, up uh, this first beefcake came out, but only on the internet, and I can't get it. Yeah, I, I remember that one. It's, and he had a chase. Yeah. Uh, this one was only four minutes long. There were quite a few short matches on this card. No one gave a damn about this match. You could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton uh, from up in the cheap seats. <laughs> the Rougeos do a the Rougeos do a weird move, where Ramon picks up Valentine like an inverted atomic drop and holds him there. Then Jacques jumps off the top rope and puts his junk right in Valentine's face. I'm like, what the hell is this? Is it the atomic BJ? Oh, good lord! It was like it was a flying, it, it was a flying male member. Okay, that's all it was. Penis, bountiful penis. 
Why, I call that bag talent. Out. <laughs> uh, this this was the atomic tea bag. There we go. But Ramon pins. Uh, anyone uses that uh, royalties, please. Damn right. <laughs> Ramon pins Valentine as the ref gets distracted by Jacques fighting with Beefcake. Meanwhile, Bravo dives off the top rope onto Ramon. Valentine pins him, and the Dream Team wins. Uncle Dave said he was too distracted with uh, Dino Bravo's horrible die job. Uh, He gave it a star and a half, as did I. What say you? Gave it a star. I like how he's bringing up a die job, because he did dye his hair, right? He had brown hair in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, now he's everything on. about appearance of this fool. This, this guy's uh, entire so. sh- like shtick in life is appearance. A little ironic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not touching I that mean... one. But after the match, Beefcake realizes what went on and he shouts at the other members of the dream team. He clearly doesn't like what happened. Johnny V, Bravo, and Valentine all load onto the gondola and leave Beefcake behind. So it's I guess giant foreshadowing. <laughs> right. And I guess. Beefcake turned babyface, sort of. We'll get to that later. Stay tuned. Yeah. Next up, we see highlights. Hashtag stay tuned. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, We see highlights of Jimmy Hart and Adrian Adonis constantly one-upping Roddy Piper. Adorable Adrian. Man, can you get these names right? Oh, yeah. Triple A. He's adorable. (laughs) Yeah. Triple A. Adorable Adrian Adonis. They're always berating Piper, slapping him and attacking him from behind. Wasn't his talk show segment called The Flower Shop? Yes, it was. It replaced Piper's pit when he uh, he left. (laughs) Yeah, Piper destroyed the set and all that stuff. But we then get a backstage promo from the Hot Rod. It's ironic that he says that he won't be humiliated by someone wearing a dress. (laughs) Just going to let that hang. Uh, He finishes by saying... Oh, yeah, excuse me. Hey, I'm Scottish, okay? I can say that. Uh, but he finishes by saying, no retreat, no surrender. But now, And then we go backstage to Mean Gene Okerlund again. He's standing by with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart and Adrian Adonis. Adonis asks Piper how he'd like his haircut tonight. He keeps snapping the hedge trimmers while he's holding them and talking. And he's naming off weird-ass haircut names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But then we get to this one. By the way, you remember back in the 80s where... If your gimmick was, I'm effeminate and maybe gay, you were a heel. I didn't think that's about you, that till now. But. You got, that's how you got heat, man. I want to say Goldust is the last one to do that. I mean, I technically Orlando Jordan kind of did it, but yeah, that's no longer a thing. But it is adorable Adrian Adonis with the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart versus Rowdy Roddy Piper in a hair versus hair match that went six and a half minutes. Uh, this one's pure mayhem from Go. Near the end, Hart uh, well, let's, hold on. let's talk about the fan that runs in the ring. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. I, did yeah. I miss that? Wait, it's uh, at I, the end. But it, yeah, it's okay. at the end. Yeah. You well, didn't I see it, remember it? No, hmm. I, I must have missed it. Huh. That's weird. But near the end, Hart sprays the atomizer in uh, Piper's face behind the referee's back. Adonis and locks in Goodnight Irene, which is a sleeper hold. And both men flop on the mat. Piper's arm drops for two and a half times, but he pulls it up. And Adrian, and, uh, Adrian doesn't notice this, though, and he thinks he's won. And he lets go of the hold and poses. Brutus, a beefcake, now runs in and wakes Piper up. So his babyface turn is almost fully complete here. Adonis misses a shot to Piper with a with the uh, hedge trimmers and smacks himself in the face with him. 
This leads to a sleeper hold from Piper, and Adonis's arm drops three times, giving Roddy the win. Uncle Dave said, quote, short but very entertaining. He gives credit to Piper for putting on a great show just two weeks after electrocating himself. You know about that? After. Or, I mean, you know, clearly not. But, yeah, I read it years ago. Yeah, I guess he did. That happened on the set of uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown, which was like his third movie he was in. I've never seen it, by the way. I guess he does he battle freaking frogs from the looks of it. Yeah, he battles uh, Patrick Holmes. What the hell? <sighs> but yeah. So anyway, Uncle Dave gives this three and a half stars. I gave it. Good dose. grief. Yeah. What I the hell about this match was three? They, yeah, I know, right? Like three and a half is freaking stuff. God dang, dude. I gave it two. What's the you? I barely gave it two, but yeah, I did. I thought it was okay. Originally, I gave it a one and a half, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, eh, two. Um, after the so ma- after the match, though, um, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, I'll just say it now. I don't. Maybe they edit off the network because now I'm thinking about. I watched this on the uh, DVD I have. Like a DVD oh, came out okay. years ago. It was like remastered and everything. Um, but on the DVD, they don't cut out this band jumping in the ring after to celebrate with Piper. Piper kind of dances with them a little bit too, and wow. and uh, the, you can see the security guards tackle the hell out of them when they pull back on the camera. But I just wow. thought it was funny that it was on there. I don't, maybe it's not on the network on Peacock, but yeah, I don't remember seeing it on Peacock. Wow, I mean, maybe it was, and I just missed it. But uh, it's yeah, not after- too quick, but it's kind of quick. It's not like a blink and you miss it though, right? Well, after the match, Beefcake hands the hedge trimmers to Piper, and Roddy holds down Jimmy Hart with one foot while Beefcake uses electric trimmers to shave Adonis. This never, ever works, except for at WrestleMania 23. Like, have you noticed that every freaking time they try to use hedge, or use uh, trimmers, whatever, in wrestling, it always goes wrong? Ask Raven. Yeah, well, that one was... Ugh, poor guy. But these weak things barely have the power, or any power, and it just cuts a few chunks out of Adrian's hair after like 10 minutes. When Adonis finally wakes up, Piper holds <laughs> up a giant mirror for him to see himself, and he punches it, and he chases Piper around the ring, constantly missing him. Adrian, Adonis, and Jimmy Hart take off as the Fink announces that Piper was victorious in his, quote, farewell match. Pretty sure he was going off to film John Carpenter's They Live. He would stay away until WrestleMania 5, though, so it's not like he was like just for a minute. Yeah, yeah, he was gone for a little while. Uh, the fans give the Hot Rod a hero's farewell as he leaves on a on the gondola. There you go. Get some respect on the way out. We now to go to Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, funny, he was just like a hated heel prior year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what? Did, uh, yeah, that's right. He uh, WrestleMania one, he was in the main event. WrestleMania two, he was in a, that featured boxing match with. Uh, it was a main event. Uh, yeah, with um, uh, Mr. T. And yeah, that was was that the main event of Chicago or Uniondale? I think it was Uniondale because Chicago was about Royal. That, that's right. Okay, and uh, yeah, so he was he was the main event of uh, New York. Which is yeah, kind of ironic by the way, because Mr. T's from Chicago. That could have been <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and then here he's a baby face and taking off for a while. So there you go. But uh, we now go to Gorilla Monsoon. See anybody with Mary Hart and Bob Euchre. Gorilla says that Jesse Ventura wants to be introduced to the crowd from inside the ring, so he's not there. Back in the ring, Howard Finkel introduces Ventura as the man who allegedly tells it like it is, 
Ventura, <laughs> takes ex- <laughs> Ventura takes exception with the allegedly part. Gorilla says that Ventura will be co-starring with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the upcoming The Predator movie. Uh, it's like five minutes, man. Why do people act like he was in it forever? I know. It's like co-starring? I mean, sure, he had one of the most iconic lines in the movie, but still. I'm sure Anthony Hopkins had more time in Hannibal Lecter than he had in this. <laughs> oh, what was my my favorite part? Uh, it wasn't the I ain't got time to bleed. I mean, that was iconic. But I like when he was chewing tobacco in the in the uh, chopper on the way there. He's like, stuff makes you a sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that even mean? <sighs> but after the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis are introduced, we now go to a pre-taped backstage interview where Mean Gene is standing by with Jimmy Hart, the Hart Foundation, and Danny Davis. Why would he introduce them and then go to a, a promo? Like, it's kind of weird. But Jimmy Hart says that the Hart Foundation is the greatest tag, greatest tag team in the world, Daddy. And uh, that if Tito Santana and the British Bulldogs want a war, they can, and they've got one tonight at WrestleMania 3. After the Bulldogs and Tito Santana enter, the Bulldogs let Matilda chase Jimmy Hart out of the ring. That one was I have a uh, Mattel figure from Matilda. Oh, uh, yeah. Didn't, you, didn't uh, it come with uh, Davy Boy? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I wanted that figure. I never did get it, though. It was very rare anyway, to find it because it wasn't in a set. It was Corpus edition. Yeah. But this one is the Hart Foundation of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart and Dangerous Danny Davis with Jim uh, Jimmy Hart in their corner. They're taking on well, the thing, uh, dangerous about him was those tails on that tire, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, they're taking on the British Bulldogs of Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid with Tito Santana or and Tito Santana. It's a six man tag. Dangerous Danny Davis. I like that they point out, oh, he was suspended as a referee for life plus 10 years. <laughs> like, okay. So when he uh, dies, the corpse can't be a ref. Got it. For at least 10 yeah. years. After, yeah, okay. Got it. Yeah, right. But uh, this one went about nine minutes. Suddenly, a halfway decent match breaks out. Davis becomes a whipping boy, however. Uh, when he comes, and he already was one, dude. Yeah, Spoiler. right. When Pandemonium breaks out, Davis takes off his boot and blasts Davy Boy Smith in the head with it. He then pins him for the win. Uncle Dave said, quote, Kid was looking sad and crippled in there. The Hearts took it really easy on Kid, which hurt the match because he insisted on playing face in peril for some reason. Smith looked awesome destroying Davis, who was completely out of his league in there with that kind of talent, end quote. He gave it two and three quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two again, barely, but it was watchable. Yeah, when when the Hearts and the Bulldogs were in there, I thought it was good. Uh, I mean, I like Tito Santana, but meh, he was just the other guy. I don't know. I didn't really notice about Dynamite looking hurt. I didn't either. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, he looked better the previous year, but still. Well, Uncle Dave knows, though. Of course. He's probably his doctor, too. Yeah, right. And this was before the big injury, so... As far as I know. Backstage, Mean Gene Oakland is standing by with Andre the Giant and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Andre just stood there looking imposing while Heenan says that Andre is going to kill Hulkamania. Heenan says that Hogan had three good years as champion, but it's over now. Well, he's getting that Roman Reigns push, huh? (laughs) (laughs) We now go to the natural Butch Reed with Slick in his corner taking on the Birdman, Coco Beware, in about three and a half minutes. Another one of these shorties. 
In the end, Coco hits a running crossbody, which rolls backwards and holds the tights for the win. Uncle Dave said, quote, nothing to the match, as Reed is just terrible now. He gave it a half a star. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. Right between you guys, he gave it one. <laughs> he gave it a half a star. Like, it wasn't that bad. Good Lord. It was a couple of minutes. I don't think it was enough to be a match. Yeah, I know. I thought, and I never hated Coco Beware. I thought he was pretty good. He had a goofy gimmick, but he was cool. I think uh, it was a gimmick, dude. I think he really owned that bird. That was really him. Yeah. Well, they I don't know why they added the B to his name, because he was just Coco Ware for years, and then he comes to WWF and he's well, Coco Beware. Well, it kind of sounds better, actually, in my opinion. But Yeah, I mean, I like Coco Ware. Sounds yeah, wonderful. Right. It's almost like you're asking a question. Coco, where? But beware. I mean, wouldn't you have to be like dangerous right. though for that makes sense? But Yeah, and he was always a uh, you know, a break baby face, you know, with the neon colors and whatnot. So but after if you have that, an animal, you're automatically a face, right? Oh, of course. But Coco punches Butch out of the ring and Slick beats Coco with his cane. Tito Santana runs into the ring now and rips Slick's jacket and shirt off of him. <laughs> Slick finally gets out of the ring and runs away. Back in the ring, Reed gets back in and gets double drop kicked by Santana and Coco Beware. After seeing a play-up package for the next match, we go backstage with a macho man Randy Savage. And he said that he's not going to just pin Ricky Steamboat tonight, but he's going to put him out of wrestling for good. I forgot about the part where he attacked his throat with the uh, ring bell. So Yeah, that was the whole premise of this. Right, yeah. But after the Macho Man's entrance, we go... Oh, by the way, I have a Mattel figure of that Macho Man. Still in the box, by the way. I do, too. I have the Defining Moments one, and it's in a gondola. Ah, nice. Yeah, I have this one, because I recognize that um, I get robe, whatever, because that's on my figure. And uh, he's still MOC, by the way. But uh, we now go backstage with Mean Gene Okerlund and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I've never once accused Steamboat of being a good promo, but this promo was fantastic, in my opinion. Short, sweet, to the point. He says that his fire will scorch the Macho Man tonight, and he will walk away as the Intercontinental Champion. Titans good. clash. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a damn good promo, and I have literally never heard a promo from him that I remembered or cared about. But this one is the Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in his corner. He's defending the WWF Intercontinental title against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who has George the Animal Steel in his corner. Everybody had a nickname here. It went for 14 and a half minutes. Near the end, the ref gets bumped. Macho Man goes to grab the ring bell, but George Steele snatches it away. Macho Man and the animal fight over the bell for a while, and then Savage gets it back. He goes up top, and then Steele shoves him off. The ref gets up just in time to see Steamboat roll Savage up in a small package for the win. Uncle Dave calls this the best WWF match in more than a year, and better than any match at Starcade 1986. He says, quote, when he's on, Savage is better than anyone in the business besides Flair. He gave this four and a half stars. I gave it an even four. What say you? I gave it an even five. This is like one of the greatest matches in history. Yeah, it is fantastic. I love this match. Like I said, it's definitely in the top. If it's not in the top five, it's at least in the top ten WrestleMania matches in history. It's on every list. Everybody should. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. You see what the hell's wrong on the card, right? I've seen it multiple times. It's worth it, it's uh, it lives up to the hype. So, Ricky Steamboat never gets put up there in the top five of greatest wrestlers in anybody's list, but 
he really should. He he was really good. But we go backstage again where me and Gene Okerlund is standing by with Jake the Snake Roberts and Alice Cooper. Roberts says that the Honky Tonk Man took a shot at him. (laughs) Right. Uh, What I thought was funny was that he's standing by with Alice Cooper and he's the snake and Cooper's wearing snake skin or whatever. But on Jake's tights is a spider web. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it looked cool, but I was just like, okay. Robert says a honky-tonk man took a shot at him, but he didn't end him. He says when you take a shot at a man, make sure you kill him. Alice Cooper says that he'll be keeping his eye on Jimmy Hart in this match. He also says this is the hometown, or his hometown, and the home of heavy metal. This is Mr. Personality right here, man. For being the kind of rocker he is, he was <laughs> boring as all hell. <laughs> He's like legitimately one of the most intelligent guys on the planet, too. That's the funny part. He can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. He just kind of stood there and, and and he's like, "Well, Gene, this is my hometown. I'm you know in the home of heavy metal, and I know you're keeping my eyes on Jimmy Hart. Like, dude, like buck up a little bit. You're at WrestleMania. Come on." Next to one of the greatest promos to ever live, by the way. After the entrance of Jake and Alice, real sentence. We go back again. Jake and Alice. Gene. That sounds like a bad, horrible, uh, a horrible uh, comedy show. Tune in to yeah. Jake and Alice. <laughs> Yeah, or an old Don Knotts movie or something. <laughs> but me and Gene standing by with Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. Honky Tonk says that no one wants to hear Alice Cooper's nightmare music. They want to hear him. So tonight he's going to go and take care of Jake and sing for everyone. Oh, if only. We now go to Jake the Snake Roberts with Alice Cooper in his corner versus the Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart. This one went about seven minutes. We get a jump start here. Honky Tonk Man doesn't even get to take his Elvis suit off. When Jake gets distracted, yelling at Hart, however, Honky Tonk rolls Roberts up and holds the ropes for the pinfall win. This one was, in a word, meh. Uncle Dave said, quote, Jake carried this one on his back. Good Lord, he gave it two and a half stars, I give it two. Let's say you. Give it two, and it was like, this could have been something on Superstars or something. Yeah. But I think it only made here because Alice Cooper was there. Yeah, they needed to throw Cooper with somebody. This was another celebrity I forgot about that was here, so, yeah. I guarantee he didn't come free. Well, they didn't spend the money on celebrities this year, though, right? Oh, well, Uncle Dave said, Craig, God, you know how it goes. Uh, But Jake Roberts swings the honky-tonk man's guitar at him outside the ring. Honky-tonk ducks, and Jake shatters the guitar on the ring post. Honky-tonk ducks off of, uh, or takes off to the back, leaving Jimmy Hart alone in the ring. Uh, Jake Roberts now uh, holds him as Alice Cooper takes Jake's snake, holding it in Hart's face. I don't think he knew what to do with it. Uh, Jake finally takes the snake from him and throws it on top of Hart. The honky-tonk man eventually runs back and drags Jimmy out of the ring into safety before they take off together. Good um, grief. couple things. First of all, uh, did you notice when they were running up the ramp, I mean, or the aisleway, you really got a feel for how damn long that thing is. Yeah, I don't know why no. he just came across more when they were running up it. It's like and, a mile long. Yeah. And then second, I, uh, I had heard that in the past, Gene uh, Hart actually had a legit um, uh, some nervous anxiety breakdown or something like that over the snake. Oh, they threw it on. I would have. Yeah, like he like legitimately was scared crapless of snakes. I'm sure he got compensated well for it. So <laughs> I have no doubt. But yeah, um, right. Yeah, I know. Still. You, you got to think, him and Heenan were up and down that ramp all night. They got their steps in, man. 
But up next, Howard Finkel introduces Mean Gene Okerlund for a special announcement in the ring. He announces that they have set a new world indoor attendance record at 93,173. But what did Uncle Dave Meltzer say, Greg? Hmm? Uh, BS, there's only a couple thousand. Yeah, right. Uh, well, you see, when I do a quick eyeball of the crowd, you know, a janitor told me that it was much more, uh, much less than that. <laughs> that's my Uncle Dave voice for anybody out there. Yeah, that's, that's, my, pretty, that's, well, my, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's my new Uncle Dave voice. Yeah. Well, actually. No, that's a look. I, yeah, right. That's one of his nephews. <laughs> well, actually, Fortnite's your greatest game ever made. <laughs> right. Uh, well, you well, dressed up like a bunny. Right. Never played that game in my life, by the way. Uh, I have played it a couple times, and I felt bad when I win because I'm like, I probably just pwned a bunch of like 10 year olds. (laughs) But up next, uh, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov come out with Slick. It's a hell of a manager to slap with them. Uh, When Nikolai starts to sing the Russian national anthem, Hacksaw Jim Duggan runs out to chase him off, and the Sheik as well. Doing his best, best Bruce Springsteen impersonation, by the way. <laughs> right. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're dead on. Uh, but he grabs a mic to say that Volkov can't sing that song because this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And, you know, get that red scare out of here. But next we've got the Iron Look, Sheik. I'm all for America, don't get me wrong, but um, how is it okay to just tell a foreigner, hey, you can't sing your stupid national anthem? How is that okay? <laughs> um, uh, if somebody told yeah. America that somewhere else, wouldn't they be pissed? I, mean, I think I think he got away with this because Russia was an enemy at the time. So I'm not debating any of that. I'm simply just going off the merit of what happened. You can't yeah. be allegiance. You can't have allegiance to your country, but I am. So USA. It's kind yeah. of ironic, is all. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, up next we get Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov with Slick. Versus the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair and Chumpin' Jim Brunzel with Jim Duggan in their corner. No, uh, Jim Brunzel appear on the dark side of the ring, the steroid trial. Maybe. Perhaps. It's, I don't I'm remember. just pointing that out because he's still doing stuff. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, this one went for five minutes, 44 seconds. Uh, five minutes too long. Crowd litters the ring with trash. Uh, towards the end of the match, Duggan chases Slick and Volkov around the ring. Iron Sheik locks Jim Brunzel on the camel clutch. Jim Duggan then blasts Sheik in the back with his 2x4, drawing the DQ. What a baby face. Uncle Dave and I both gave this a star and a half. Let's see you. <laughs> I gave it one. This sucked. sucked. Now, what the hell, man? He le- like No rules were breaking. Nobody were broken. Nobody was distracting anybody. And he gets in and just dis- gets his team disqualified by beating the other guy with an inanimate object. Yeah. What the hell? <sighs> Whatever. Logic. But, uh, I mean, nobody ever accused Jim Duggan of being, you know, a Rhodes Scholar. So, but after the match, Jim Duggan grabs a mic and he says, if you don't want to play by the rules, neither do we. He then leads the crowd in a USA chant. Again, I pose this question. What rules were broken, Greg? I don't know. <laughs> like he's just making crap up to justify his bad behavior whatever because i'm from this country and they're gonna like me over the foreigners i guess i literally yeah, the lot that's that's all it could be yep well of course big bad foreigners 
Uh, we now go backstage with me, Gene Okerlund, standing by with Bobby Heenan and Andre the Giant again. You know, Andre we says, need more. Well, of course. Andre says that it won't take him long to become the world champion tonight. Heenan is incredibly excited, saying that he's going down in history as the world champion's manager. Uh, I don't think he ever does manage. Work. Oh, yeah, uh, Ric Flair. So that's it. Technically, but he, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. I say technically because a lot of times he's on commentary or for his wrestling. So I don't know if he's actually a manager. Right. Yeah. I don't know what he was per se. Maybe he's going use the coach, the, the yeah. player. Now, player right. was the consultant. I don't know what the hell he was. I mean, uh, Mr. Perfect. I don't know what the hell he was in that time. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. So to answer your positive. question, in my opinion, no, he's never really managed a world champion. Right. But after this, we get an awesome build-up package showing the history of Hogan and Andre. When the video finishes up, we go backstage again with me and Gene Okerlund standing by with Hulk Hogan. Uh, and Hogan first says that he's only worried about the people watching outside of the arena. He then says that he's not worried about them. Then he says he wonders what everyone will think when he slams the big nasty giant. I didn't understand this promo at all. This was well, weird and rambling. Why is it all the in this time period every pro American guy can't speak? <laughs> I don't know. Hogan acted like he had some conviction in what he was saying, but it didn't make sense. He would deliver but a now, way better promo at WrestleMania four. Trust me. Right. Everyone knows. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Go look up Hogan's WrestleMania four promo. It's a, I, oh it's God, a, I know what you're talking it's a, about. It's a gem. <laughs> yeah. That one was something. But Bob Uecker is now introduced as a special guest ring announcer and Mary Hart gets introduced as a special guest timekeeper. We're going to take our second to last break before we get into the actual main event and the fallout right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by belly up sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, AKA Shaggy Von Doom, the host of here in Puckburg on the belly up sports podcast network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game, and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF, athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It is Hulk Hogan defending the WWF World's Heavyweight title against Andre the Giant with Bobby the Brain Heenan in his corner. This one went about 12 minutes. Yes, 12 uh, minutes for the big main event. That's something for the occasion. Oh, well, roll tide on that, I guess. <laughs> well, when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant, the crowd became unglued. He then hit a running leg drop on Andre and got the pinfall win. Uncle Dave says that this match was even worse than he expected. It wasn't the worst match he ever saw, but it was threatening to be. Also, he's, he was bugged that there were or they were out of the ring for about 90 seconds at one point, but Joey Morella couldn't count to 10. But he does note, however, that you can't really complain about a match that did more business than every Flair versus Steamboat, Fez versus Gotch, and Briscoe versus Funk match combined. He, however, gave it a star. I gave it two stars. What say you? I gave it two. And now I have to ask, what the hell did he expect? Uh, well, he said he he said it was worse than he expected. So I don't know. You ever heard any any documentary on this match ever? Any? Everybody says Andre went in this completely hurt, like like painful, right. like death of pain. pain. Like death would have been like a great uh, welcome to how much pain he was in. Apparently, like you know, yeah. And you know, how, how was he supposed to be any good? And also, that match wasn't going to be good. I mean, Marquis sold like, the tickets. Nobody bought it. Say no, this is going to be an amazing match. The damn Marquis sold the tickets. Don't kid yourself. And it's ironic that Hulk Hogan's back is in about as bad a shape nowadays. Right. So, I'll be fair, though. He carried an industry on his back for years. So there's that. Yeah, there's three on his massive shoulders, brother. After Ironically, that, Austin's neck broke before he was carrying a industry. Lord. That's crazy know, to think right? about. <laughs> I know, it's sad. But after the match, Hulk must pose, pal. Andre points and shouts at Hogan or Hogan in the ring as he and Heenan load into the gondola. Heenan pulls his head or puts his head down as they ride into the uh, to the back as the fans <laughs> throw trash at him. Uh, uh, it's just an iconic, iconic shot. Man. Yep, and Hogan poses for like ten minutes. Uh, Uncle I heard Dave, pre- he never wore that suit again. By the way. Oh, Heenan. Yeah, I never. Yeah. I, it's the only time I ever saw him wear it, so I believe it. Uh, Uncle Dave proclaimed this show to be the most impressive production in wrestling history by far and a success that far exceeded anyone's expectations. He previously predicted this show to be a flop because, you know, he's a oh genius. And all. It, nev- it never even like not even kind of could have possibly been a flop. 
Johnny got to be like this is gonna be a flop. Yep, he's a complete moron. Good lord. Uh, but now that we're done trashing Uncle Dave, let's take oh, our final. Oh. Well, Here's for now. Yourself. Let's take our final break. When we come back, final ratings time. We're going to tell you what's to come next week on the podcast. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go here. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final ratings here. Internet Movie Database gave this an 8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 6.94 out of 10. I'm right between them at a 7.5 out of 10. Or, I don't know, C+. Plus. Let's see you. I give it a C plus too, but then like ah for historical reasons, I bump it up a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I said B C minus, sorry, and then I bumped it up to C plus just for historical reasons. So yeah. gotcha. Going with yeah, that. I think it's it's good enough to get a C plus for me at least. So I I I dug it. Like I said, I enjoyed watching it, even if it wasn't an amazing show. But either way, that wraps up WrestleMania three. Next week for March 9th, it is WCW <laughs> Uncensored 1999. And that's going to be a fun one. Oh, man. <laughs> that says it all right there. And then March 16th, 
is our next WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania X8 for the 20-year anniversary. And it's our follow-up to last year where we did X7. So, good stuff, man. Thanks for stuff, pal. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. <laughs> yep. And we will see you all next week for Uncensored 99. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.